It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right. Uh, Hello again, everybody. Patrick Johnson here with uh, you uh, operating out of the working man's beach yet again today. And uh, we have a great show planned for you. Lots to get to here. Uh, We had Jim Zoki on to talk the NFL playoffs. And of course, we will. Uh, That comes as uh, news has uh, come regarding the Panthers. Pilk, hit the breaking news sounder. Justin. Breaking news. This is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson. Everyone, little breaking news for you. Everyone, little breaking news for you. Look, we're uh, we're not playing with a net here today. Do it live! You know that, Pilk? Always, man. By the way, is it Festivus? Did I miss something? No, I, I did forgot to copy the thing onto Twitter, but I fixed it. Okay. I'm sorry. Good catch. Thanks for thanks for looking out Best for Best of us for the rest of us, I guess so. Do it live! That's what happens when you... Do it live! All right. Um, so, the your Carolina Panthers, Pilk, have hired Dave Canellis. Canales. Tampa Bay Offensive Court. Canales? Eh, Canales, Canales, tomato, tomato. Guy will be unemployed midway through next season. Dave Canales as their new head coach. With, with the Bucks as their offensive coordinator, was in Seattle for 13 seasons. He he's too handsome to be a to be an effective NFL football coach. Kyle Shanahan's kind of handsome. Give a little man crush on Kyle Shanahan, Pilk. No, but I mean, I'm just saying, I'd put them roughly at the same level. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Um. So. Uh, Look, guy, uh, kind of. Re- he's done two things that I think, or he's he's resurrected the quarterback of two. He's resurrected the career of two quarterbacks. Do it live, and that is uh, Bright, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield this season, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. He was in Seattle with Geno Smith as the quarterbacks coach, right? Right. He was. Yep. And those guys have had renaissance moments in their careers. Rebirths, if you will. I don't know if Bryce Young needs a rebirth, but he sure as hell needs some help. So maybe this is the thing that uh, gets Bryce Young over the uh, hump. Pilk, you're a Carolina Panthers fan. Defend your boy David Tepper here because word was, you were telling me before we went on that, I guess they were going to talk to Mike Vrabel for a second time, supposedly, today. Yeah, so from what I understood, Vrabel was supposed to fly in and visit with the team or interview with the team, and I don't know if that did happen, didn't happen. I would like to ask Zoki to see maybe they just they did and it went crappy, or they just decided to go right with Canales. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, when you hire a young up-and-coming coach with not much experience, I mean, I know he was with Seattle for – 12 years, but he's always like a position coach. He only has one year as a coordinator. So when you hire a guy like this, you're either a Super Bowl contender within three years or he in six months, like you said, is unemployed, but $70 million richer. So not a bad gig, I guess. 
you know, not good good work if you can get it. D- didn't uh, we say also that? I mean, maybe I'm missing something here. Didn't we say that, uh, or d- didn't David Pet Tepper see, or is this after he threw the drink and he was he was shadow suspended for the last game of the year? Was he there at the Bank of America Stadium? Did he see that they only managed nine points? In the finale against his team? He was not there. That was when he was suspended. Okay. So real suspended, not shadow suspended. Yeah. Real suspended. Okay. I mean, did he did he not watch it on television? You know, Baker was Baker was banged up. And, you know, the unfortunate thing, and this could be Canales, it could be Baker. It could be a lot of things. But their offense wasn't it was good when it was good, but it wasn't consistent this year, which Baker's never really been consistent, even in twenty twenty, which is probably his best season. They still had bad games. So it was a little frustrating. But when you're a team who doesn't have a true running back, it becomes hard to be consistent. I thought they did a good job of using the extension well, look, of the running game and Rashad White, you know. I know and, you, I know you're excited yeah. that the Canales is coaching there and he looks good and all of that. But let's not uh, let's not don't don't hurt yourself reaching with that reach there, Pilk. Come on. I know. Well, trust me. I mean, I, this was not the sexiest hire by any means, but you well, told no, me you sexy. said defend my man. boy Tepper, a, so I'm defending my I'm doing good, what I was told. Right. He's a good-looking man. He's sexy. He's a handsome, a rugged jawline. He's a good-looking man. And I'm secure enough in my masculinity to admit when there's a good-looking man. I told Sonny last night. I said, Sonny, you are you're good-looking. You've never had to ch- be charming. I'm charming. See, Sonny's now you're good looking. Going, you're going off another thing. I was saying he was not the sexiest hire in something like a Jim Harbaugh, but I get, you're talking about a different level, and I'm saying he's not in the way I'm talking about. Right. It. He's yeah. a he's a handsome. Uh, no, but I think it's a ridiculous hire. I'll, I'll. I mean, you have guys who coordinators with experience as head coaches. You have head coaches out there who've actually won things in this league, and you hire a guy as you clearly and and very smartly stated has called plays in the NFL one whole season. One whole season. Sounds like a guy who's ready to come in and be a yes man to David Tepper. He hasn't learned how to have a backbone. They weren't exactly setting records offensively in Tampa Bay this year, in case you you didn't notice. This is why I can't root for that franchise and never will. I mean, when they're doing well, I'm glad that they're doing well. But, I mean, I I don't get all bent out of shape over this because they're not worth getting bent out of shape over. Did you get been out of shape in the mid two thousands where they went no worse than seven and nine for like eight straight seasons? No, I mean I, I'm happy when they do well, but I mean they're just it's 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 crap and it's always been crap. Save that, save two seasons where they went to the Super Bowl. There were other seasons, and I mean now. The, now, the, the the first Super Bowl season when they were eleven and five, they lost at the Texans. The Texans were horrible. That was only their second year. There there was the ninety six season that was good. They went eight zero at home that year. Nine and zero if you include the playoffs. Oh eight they were eight zero at home, and then they did lose the home playoff game. Two thousand thirteen, Ron Rivera winning, wins coach. Fine. When so, they're winning, it's fine. But it's my point just, is it's more I than mean, just I, two seasons. Okay, that's fine. I don't get a bit out of shape about it because I don't care. Tepper's the owner. You're not going to win squadoosh. De- uh, Riverboat Ron ain't walking through that door. Whoever was on the team in those years you mentioned ain't walking through that door. 
They've got the worst owner in the NFL right now. Yeah, no, you're right. The only guy left is our long snapper. He's been there since 08. Shout out to J.J. Jansen for putting up with all the crap. Um, Cy Seymour's birthday. He was just texting me. Cy Seymour, I talked to him today, didn't even realize it. So happy birthday, Cy Seymour. Great American. Uh, all right, Greenville Yard Gnomes, not Garden Gnomes, Yard Gnomes. Yawn. I'm told today... Yawn gnomes would be more like it. Yeah. You're right. I'm told today on the morning show on Talk of the Town, I think I don't know if somebody sent, just sent this as a spoof to the old man and he read it because he read reads whatever's on his phone or whatever's on the screen in front of him in a Ron Burgundy-esque way, but did you know that garden gnomes are a sign that you're a swinger? I did not know that. But and that I don't makes mean a baseball swinger or a yeah. golf swinger, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but hey, if that's what it means, then hey, you know, you're swinging a baseball bat. I, I like the, you know, swinging more than a baseball bat. Apparently, if you have a garden, a yard. Well, we're here. trying to. We're, this is it, it's a metaphor. This time, it's a metaphor. It's not then, but now it's a metaphor for swinging the baseball bat. Look, that's this. I mean, I, what, what what do you think? Before I put words in your mouth, what do you think of yard gnomes? Like I said, yawn. There is no words. It's okay. just a yawn. This isn't for you and me, because you're an old soul. This isn't for old guys like me and old souls like you or old guys like Henry or who. This isn't for us. This is for kids in the hope that they will sell merch, that people will want yard gnome merch. And the owners, Capital Broadcasting, they did this in some focus group up in Woke County. God, it's unreal. Let us know how I mean, you really feel no, today, Patrick. There's just no connection. I'm in a great mood. 50-minute walk on the beach, Pilk. There you go. So, I mean, I'm I'm great. A little sea fog. Yeah. Um, I uh, No, I, I just think it's a ridiculous name. Why not go Greenville Greenies? They could have gone any other million directions. They had some. I mean, they had some pirate-related things, right? Didn't they have the scallywags and some other things? That yeah, I mean that would have been fine. Because here's the thing: this is a rich baseball tradition community with with all of the little league success and the high school success and the state championships that RVs won at Rose and Conley's won state championships with Coach Mills and the other high school programs are really really good in the county on the whole. And have had great coaches. And you've got uh, the, the Babe Ruth success. And, I mean, it's just ECU success. And you just don't – so it's a baseball-savvy community, and you call them the garden gnomes or the yard gnomes or whatever the hell you're calling them. It, it's silly. But, again, I can accept it because it's not for me. And it, it, it's not for you, an old soul, Pilk. It's not for me, an old guy. This is for the kids to buy merch. What are you teaching the oh, kids if the merch they're buying is teaching them how to be a swinger? <laughs> That's yeah, a great family you, life lesson. Heck with waiting until sixth grade. It could be something you could you could have you could have uh, pushed a little political agenda in there, maybe Pilk. But uh, all right, um, and uh, ECU wins on the hardwood. Uh, I don't know how much time we got. We got a few minutes. Let's uh, do a pirate report as ECU gets uh, their their win for the second consecutive season at Wichita State. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. I've also set the uh, the, the date for uh, sports gambling to begin in the state. 
March 11th. One day before, before the, the first tournament. four of the NCAA tournament. No, it's before the ACC tournament. Oh, is it? Oh, that's and right. It's the, pushed uh, back a week this year, yeah. Right. And it's before the uh, AAC tournament begins as well in Texas. So there you have it. There you have it, Philip the Ref Pilkington. Uh, we're going to have with us tomorrow, let me make sure I get uh, all of this correct. Uh, Brian Mole will join us tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but we're going to have uh, Brian Murphy with us, our old friend. Brian, uh, of course, has covered this extensively with uh, WRAL. So Brian Murphy tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, we will be on at 105 on the video feed, 105, Mark, uh, and then 5 o'clock uh, for the Get You to the Weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Brian Murphy right off uh, the jump. All right, a uh, couple of uh, notes, and uh, or rather uh, sound bites from uh, the Pirate victory last night in the postgame. This is Coach Swartz who says defense won the game. Obviously, that's the reason we were fortunate enough to come out uh, with a victory um, any time. I don't know if I've been a part of a game where we had 24 more shot attempts yeah. and it was that you know that tight of a ball game. But again, the defense just kept guarding and kept guarding. And, you know, you know, you see that in football sometimes where the, the team's just out there on defense and the defense just keeps them in it. And it was kind of like a football game out there tonight. Sure felt like one sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, forcing 19 turnovers and being able to crash the glass and get 16 offensive rebounds. <laughs> Uh, wanted this to be a physical game, uh, Coach Schwartz, and by golly, it was. It was a tractor pull. Uh, we wanted to make this a physical game. We needed to. Uh, it's just who we have to be right now. Obviously, you saw by the starting lineup the way we started, and we went bigger. And I thought that gave us good first-half momentum. And then we went back to a more traditional lineup in the second half. Uh, you know, you get a couple more shots to fall. Uh, we got some great ones at the rim. They just didn't go in, and, and maybe it feels a little different, but a win always feels good. Uh, also, uh, we have, uh, let's skip to four here. Coach Schwartz on trying to make the game have as few possessions as possible, especially down the stretch. Then you see the last couple shots. I mean, man, Cam's shot is right at the rim. Yeah. Bob's mm -hmm. shot is right at the rim. I mean, Val will get it. I mean, Val has that tip in. Any of those shots go in with the time, you know, that we were trying to shrink the game at the end of the game, to yeah. be quite honest. Yep. I mean, we had a two-possession lead in, in a game where the game was in the 50s. Uh, you're going to try and shrink the game there. You're not right. trying to add any more possessions to that game at that time. And so I thought our guys did a really good job of that. We obviously wanted to keep the ball in our point guard's hand. Mm -hmm. He made the right reads. They just didn't go in. We got the ball to RJ late game with eight on the shot clock. We said, wait, we're going to get the ball to our guy in his spot. And we, I didn't see that play on the rebound, but we almost come up with the offensive rebound. They have to do a review, and it ends up being Wichita State ball. And you got to go get another stop. We end up fouling, and, and, and there's, you know, there's the game. All right, and uh, Coach Swartz loved being in a close game down the stretch and being able to pull out the victory on the road. This is exactly where we want to be. Right. I'm happy we're here in a tie game right now. This is what we need. We're going to show that we tie game, eight minutes to go on the road. We've been here before on the road. We've been here at home. We're going to get over it tonight. Tonight we're going to break through it. And I thought our last eight minutes was really good basketball. We ended up taking a two-possession lead. It just I give Wichita State credit. They kept fighting no different than any really good, well-coached team would do. They fought. They, they cut the lead down to three. They're at the free throw line, and now it becomes a strategy. But uh, proud of our guys to be on the road in a hostile environment, tie game, eight to go, with what we've been through the last three games, and say, no, we're right where we want to be, and we're going to break through here. 
All right, uh, and uh, give uh, some props here to uh, Bobby Pettiford Jr. Bobby uh, was on the bench to start the game and didn't hang his head. He hadn't been playing great, uh, but he really gave a nice spark off the bench to ECU, and uh, he liked the, the, the depth the team played with tonight because uh, they sure played a lot of guys in that game. This felt more of a, a team effort. We feel like, you know, we included more of our bench. You know, Cal gave us good minutes. Uh, Val gave us good minutes as well. You know, me off the bench, obviously, I gave good minutes. And, uh, you know, I think it was I think it was great to add more. I feel like we could add more pieces to the puzzle this time, you know. And shout out to the young guys. You know, Sear did well. Cal did well. So, so I'm proud of everybody. You know, it was a great team collective win. You know, we needed this win. You know, we had a few bumps in the road recently. So, it was good to get this one under us. And uh, this is uh, Coach or Coach. This is uh, Bobby Pettiford talking about uh, the coach uh, had been on him about rebounding, and he did. He got five rebounds, including a key offensive rebound late in the game. Coach, uh, you know, he's been on me, you know, heavy these last, you know, these last few losses, you know, and it was just, you know, I've been trying to focus on the little things. He's been telling me he needs more rebounds out of me. He needs more winning, winning plays. He needs to see more of a winning attitude from me. So, you know, I needed that, you know, as a great coach. You know, you got to get on your guard sometimes, you know, and wake him up. So he did that for me, and uh, I was able to go out there. And I think that was probably my hardest playing game, regardless of points, anything, you know. So just focusing more on the little things and, you know, just going up there. You know, when the big guys are boxing out there, you know, they're <laughs> seven-footers. Right, right. It kind of gives me an advantage. So I'm just <laughs> wide open for a rebound, but still got to secure it. So, you know, shout-out to my big boys for helping me out down there. And he talked about Jaden Walker uh, starting at the point and uh, his contributions in the game. You know, the way things been going, you know, it's all team, team, team. So, you know, and I love how Walk's been playing. You know, Walk deserves the spot. So, I, you know, I love how Walk played the last few games. You know, he's kind of starting to show people who he is and, you know, able to wake some people up, you know. So, I mean, you know, kudos to Walk. You know, me and Walker are super close. It was never any you know, kind of back and forth with that. You know, me and Walk talked about, like, okay, now it's, it's your time, and then when it's my time, it's mine. So, you know, when you got a connection with your boys and your coaches and, you know, you know, I kind of had a look in the mirror, you know, the, the three-game slump had to end, you know, so we can, you know, get a W and move forward off this. So just a team, you know, group, and, they, you know, they told me, you know, just keep playing, play hard. That's uh, awesome from Bobby Pettiford there. I mean, just flat-out awesome. And, Pilk, uh, when do the Pirates really play well? last season at the end of the year. What was the thing that was going on with the basketball team? Do you remember? Jaden Walker was running the point. And he's healthy now with the hamstring, and uh, Jaden Walker is the guy that needs to be in there running the point, uh, be it in a starting role or reserve role. And uh, you have Pettiford in there with Walker. That's a, that's your combination at the point, in my opinion. All right, let's get a break. When we come back, Jim Zoki will talk some uh, Panthers football. Big hire today. Canales, 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 confusion. All right, Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, up ahead. We have you covered with all the ECU news and beyond that you need for the drive home. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right, well, just uh, good timing. We got Zoki on. Zoki did a little work. Got uh, the great Jim Zoki for the Panthers Radio Network. Glutton for punishment because he keeps coming on the show. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But he does. WBT Hall of Famer, the great Jim Zoki. What's up, Zoke? I mean, you guys call me. It's not like I called you looking to come on, but uh, happy to do it. Always pleasant oh, to talk with you. Whoa! Whoa! Well, you made it. You made it sound like it was like my idea. 
hang up on his ass. But no, uh, great. It's great to have you on, Jim. It's great to have you. I'm kidding, Jim. You're, you're, I'm you're just snarky today. This is a big day. We hired no, a new coach. Pil- you come, you come snark and vinegar. Let's, let's let's be in a good mood here. Hey, he's been that's snarky since said. segment one. It's not just what you. He's been I'm, doing it to everybody. I'm in, what I'm is in a great mood. I'm at, what is going on so, in Greenville today? The, the Pirates won a basketball game. The Panthers have yeah. a Let's be in a good mood. Zoke, I'm at the beach at the Working Man's Beach Surf City. I took a I took a 50 minute walk on the beach this afternoon. I feel great. Well, you're, you're, you're seafood adding lunch. To why this should be this should be a positive experience for the listeners and for Philip and for me and everybody involved, Patrick. Let's, <laughs> let's clean this up. All right, Thank, boy, Zoke sounded parental there. I kind of I, I feel bad now. Um, Don't make me come up there. <laughs> How many times do you reckon you said that in your life, Jim? We had five kids, so five times a million, five million times. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tampa offensive coordinator Dave Canales. 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 Canales is what I'm Canales, tomato, tomato. And uh, did, did, uh, did ownership watch the last game of the year? Well, as you well know, except for one team, <laughs> everybody ends with a loss in the playoffs. It's, you know, right. No, no, Quinn, I'm talking everybody. about the last the last regular season game. Where oh, the regular season game, yeah. Hey, yes. they, they did enough did... to win. I think that was the game plan. They knew if they scored one point, <laughs> yeah. which is impossible, but they knew if they scored two points or more, they were going to win the game. <laughs> if they had gotten they the safety, right. they were going to be fine. <laughs> they were. They knew that, that they didn't have to like blow it up. Let's let's rest. Let's have fresh legs for the playoffs. And so I think it was efficiency with that one, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dave Canales obviously uh, helping to you know give Baker credit, right? Baker and uh, yeah. that offense did yeah. well. His first year as an offensive coordinator uh, prior to that quarterback's coach for Geno Smith and Russell Wilson uh, in, in their best years that they had in Seattle. Um, so I think, yeah, he's kind of been on that fast track of, you know, young guys that uh, people are looking at, like, who's going to be the next wave of head coaches in this league? So I know he didn't get interviews anywhere else for, for a head coach, but I think with Bryce Young here, we, we talk about fit a lot of times. I think they thought this was a good fit. Dan Morgan having time with him in Seattle when they were both with that organization. Mm. So I like good that point, they kind of so. have some synergy and in, in, in bringing things together that kind of look like they go together instead of just, you know, throwing stuff at the wall. So I feel like this is probably a, a good approach for what they need to do. Yeah, great, great uh, point there, Zoke. I, I did not think of that, and uh, that that's a, that's a tremendous point uh, on with the Dan Morgan connection after he was just uh, hired. M- Mike v- Vrabel was reportedly coming in today. Did that happen? I don't know. I mean, I, I, you're right. He was scheduled to, by reports uh, to be interviewed today. I don't know this. This announcement came around lunchtime today, so I I would just speculate that that'd be surprising if the Vrabel thing actually happened. Uh, <laughs> if they had him in for breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he was in for yeah. breakfast, and they had a, a hire by lunch. Yeah, I got yeah, they're you. Like, yeah, like they're, they're drumming the table, going, "Yeah, we got to go." Um, so they, you know, I would think <laughs> if they had this decision made, they wouldn't do that. But that's kind of secondary to it. I think in Brable, you know, there's only two coaching things left now because Raheem Morris just got hired by the Falcons. So I, I think it's funny, yep. you know, Belichick yep. of all people, like a coaching cycle where Bill Belichick is available for the first time in a quarter century, and nobody's taking him. I mean, we're down to two right now, so uh, we'll see if he ends up getting one of them or not. But, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Ben Johnson's going to be one of them, right? And Washington's been talked about with him possibly. So it's like yeah, getting things so. for yeah. some of these guys. You know, uh, I saw a stat this afternoon uh, that, uh, and I don't know the exact number, but it's close to 20 games under 500. I know it was 83 wins. 
and and Belichick is something like eighty three and one hundred two without Brady. Now it's a it's a huge consideration, and of course you know you're also factoring in you know, the amount of uh, control that he wants over the entire operation there. I mean, it's a culture changer, obviously, when you bring in somebody like Belichick. You you don't just get you know a coach and what his overall record is, so you you get the whole thing. And you know, obviously worked in New England, and you said twenty years of Tom Brady makes everybody a good coach, as it turns out. But yeah. um, it's um, yeah. it's Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl with Brady. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot of things to factor in. And, yeah, I think even his age, I think he's, what, 71, 72 years old. Like, how long yeah. would he yeah. want to coach for that kind of thing? Come on. Come on, right, so well, Bruce Arians is a heck of a coach. Don't don't crap on Bruce Arians, okay? <laughs> he did a wonderful job in Arizona. You guys right, are back fired to Dave. up today. I, I like yeah. the energy. I like the fire you guys are bringing today. All right, back to Dave Canales here. Uh, how will this help Bryce Young? <laughs> I think that uh, just his West Coast offense, I mean, what Bryce needs to be is, you know, ball come out quick, uh, skill position guys with some quick twitch, so they got to give some personnel to work with. But that's what, you know, that's what's going to work with, with Bryce Young as an NFL player, with what he brings to the skill set, what he is at five foot ten. You know, it's got to be that West Coast, ball comes out quick, accuracy, things that he did at college. So that's, that's how they run the offense that, that Dave Canales is going to bring here. And, what worked best with Baker and things like that. So I think that's that's part of the fit uh, of what they're looking for is the style of what kind of offense you're going to run. Um, how, how do you see, you know, kind of, do you think this guy will call plays? I mean, that, that didn't go so great this past year with uh, the, the head coach wanting to do that. Uh, but, I mean, or do you think he would relinquish control? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's been discussed, but. It needs to be seen. I mean, we see like, you know, Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland is a play caller and John mm-hmm, McVay mm-hmm. and others who do it. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot. Mm-hmm. We could go through the list of guys that do Andrew Reid. So it's like the amount of control they have. Uh, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So we'll see as he puts his staff together and what he determines. Um, I think sometimes being a first-year head coach, you, you're, you're kind of comfortable with what you know, like being an offensive yeah. coordinator. And he just did it for a right. year. So he may – think that's his comfort zone to start with and come off of that but i would anticipate that he probably would without even knowing what his staff's going to look like but we'll see as we get into it all right uh wanted to uh obviously have you on to talk about um the nfc and the afc championship games um so let's let's get a winner from both you'll tell us who's going to be in the super bowl uh the early game ravens chiefs might be uh, i think they both actually will be pretty entertaining games but ravens chiefs yeah in Baltimore, in the AFC, three o'clock on the Tiffany Network. Who you got? <laughs> uh, again, our conversation just for recreational purposes here. Uh, we don't want anybody sure. that we know what we're talking about. Is that um, I think uh, I think the Ravens. I think they're built for this. That this has been an MVP season for Lamar Jackson. They have no weaknesses, despite the injuries they've had. Uh, there's so many good players on that team, and in so many ways with offense, defense, and of course with. Uh, Jim Har or John Harbaugh, you always have great special teams. I mean, they just, they, nothing gets missed with that team, and I just feel like this is this is their moment to, to really put it all together. It's kind of been underestimated for most of this season. I think this has been a really really good Kansas City team, but not you know they won the Super Bowl last year. They've had really dominating right, teams. Right. I think they're they're excellent, but not like elite superior excellent like they've been in certain years. So. I think this Ravens team can kind of punch him in the mouth and, and, and win that game at home. Niners seem built for this, too. Uh, NFC game on Fox, and a former Panther will be in the booth. 
uh, Greg Olson. So uh, what you got there, Zoke? Who do you like? Uh, you got Baltimore in the first one, and the second one you have? I think this is going to be Detroit. I think Detroit is going to get pressure on Brock Purdy. I mean, Ooh, they really get okay. after the quarterback. Yeah, they really got after Baker. And, you know, that's what they've been doing all season long. So, again, defensively, they, they make it tough. And I think they could rattle Brock Purdy. Obviously, they know McCaffrey's just your best at, like, not let him break off a 50-yard touchdown run. Yeah, he's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touches, probably get some touchdowns in this game. Uh, but there's something special about the Lions um, that's uh, it's been so long waiting. Uh, they're all, I think Jared Goff is playing at such an efficient level right now. and doesn't put up huge numbers, but he's just been so accurate and just so in the moment right now. I just feel like they're really working with something. Again, now they're going to be on the road. They've had two great home crowd experiences back to back. Right. They've got to go on the road right. with the Niners in this one. But I think they win a squeaker. I think um, I haven't even looked at points for it. I assume they're a slight underdog. But I, I think the Lions uh, can pull that off. And I, they've got everything they need to win. And I'm a little bit concerned about Debo Samuel, like even if he does play. How good can he mm-hmm. be? How long can he stay on the field with that shoulder injury? And that's a big weapon not to have right now. So uh, just a, a little bit of a leaning towards, I think, the Lions. Seem to have it going. All right. Hey, Zoke, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll talk to you when you call us and ask us to have you on next week. Thank you. I can't wait. I'm going to text you as soon as we hang up to arrange that. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. Great, Enjoy Jim Zoki. Thank you, my friend. Yep. Oh, I am. All right. Uh, There he goes, Jim Zoki. We got to get to our West Durham interview today. Interesting stuff on Talk of the Town. But right now, Philip the Rep, Pilkington, 94.3 The Game Sports Slash Update. Thanks, P-Man. Starting in Pirate Athletics, the women's team is currently down in Boca Raton taking on FAU Owsley. This one 17-16 midway through the second quarter. The men's team was victorious last night, snapping a three-game losing streak, 54-52 over Wichita State. And Bobby Pettiford talked about his late-game dunk. It felt good. You know, I was able to do it back in Kansas. I don't think I've done that done that dunk off of a breakaway still <laughs> in, about, in, about, in about two or three years. So that felt good to go get one up there. You know, I go watch the footage. You know, it, I, think it, I think it looked good. So I'll go back and see how I did. Tune in Sunday for the men's game against Temple. Network coverage will be at 4.30. Game at 5 o'clock right here on 94.3 The Game. Carolina Panthers have announced their new head coach, 42-year-old Dave Canales, will be the new man at the helm of the Carolina Panthers. He was the OC in Tampa last year. He had spent the previous 12 seasons in various roles with the Seattle Seahawks. The Chargers have named their new head coach, national champion Jim Harbaugh, will return to the NFL. He was the 49ers coach from 11 through 14, and he went 44-19 and in that time as well as a trip to Super Bowl 47. Also, it looks like the Falcons will hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. He has been there for the past three seasons. That'll do it for your 94.3 Game Sports Slash Update and Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, we will be joined by Wes Durham to talk ACC sports. Have you noticed he's in his own little happy hour? We're back to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the happy hour program. Here's the P-Man. All right, so earlier today on the uh, Talk of the Town, uh, we welcomed Wes Durham uh, in. There is a movement by the UNC Board of Governors to prevent UNC from uh, leaving potentially to go to, uh, you know, greener pastures, the SEC or the Big 12, and do so without taking NC State. So that was uh, tackled today. It was started the discussion on that today from the Board of Governors at the uh, at the highest level for the university system. The Great West Durham Voice of the ACC Network uh, appeared with us on Talk of the Town. Here's that interview. Today, the UNC Board of Governors will meet in Raleigh. And, uh, of course, the 
decision by Florida State to try to leave the ACC is hanging out there. Florida State's now suing the ACC because of this grant of rights thing, which I'll get Wes to explain in a minute. But uh, today, the uh, UNC Board of Governors are expected to vote to tell UNC Chapel Hill that uh, they have to give advance notice to executing any agreement which would result in uh, any of the constituent institutions in North Carolina's transfer, removal, or joining of an athletic conference association. The notice to the president should include for the president's approval or disapproval a financial plan related to the proposed action. If the president approves the financial plan, the board would then get a chance to weigh in and could vote no. If the Board of Governors votes down the financial plan, the chancellor may not proceed with uh, the team and the program leaving a conference unless the chancellor presents a new financial plan for the president's approval or disapproval. So this could be high drama in Raleigh today. And, you know, keep in mind, this is not a criticism. This is just a fact. The, the majority of the Board of Governors is made up of Carolina alums. Now, the chairman of the board, of course, is our friend Randy Ramsey from right here in eastern North Carolina. Ramsey's a big NC State guy. The vice chair of the board is Wendy Murphy, who is Wendell Murphy's daughter-in-law. <laughs> so do the math. So, <laughs> so you do have some NC State partisans on that board, but the majority, if they, if they ever, if this thing comes to a vote, the majority of the board members are Carolina grads. All right, let's bring in West Durham, the voice of the ACC, my old friend who now lives in Atlanta, and you see him on TV on ESPN and ACC, who does a great job. It's West. It's great to talk to you. It's an interesting day here in North Carolina. We're going to see what happens here with this. How you doing, man? I'm fine. I thought gambling was a big story. This <laughs> Gambling begins March 11th. You know, we've never, yeah. no one's ever gambled on a timing game in North everything. Carolina before, and so they can start doing it on March 11th. Timing is everything, Henry, yeah. right before the ACC <laughs> tournament starts. You, th I, you know, I didn't even put that together until Patrick just said it a minute ago, but I guess that's the, mm -hmm. the deal, right? They were trying to get it done before the Super Bowl, but that didn't happen, so. I'm, okay. trying, I'm trying to decide if I want to put my credit card in, um, like, DraftKings or fan duel or any i don't know if i want sure. to put my credit card in any of that stuff do i i understand i don't know that's that's a that's a personal preference although <laughs> i know at the end you just say you say you're welcome you don't say no problem <laughs> I, I have figured that out <laughs> i take it you've been listening this morning all right let's <laughs> well when patrick sends me an email saying you know last minute could you come on and visit with us and talk about acc basketball and and you hit me with a state creed and political commentary coming in the door. Like, okay. Well, yeah. I, I woke the, up this morning. Part of this? I woke where's up this basketball? morning and realized uh, <laughs> we didn't have a guest uh, scheduled for this segment. This is our long Jeez. segment now for guest uh, interviews, oh, and oh, and I looked okay. at what was going on. I'm like, man, this is uh, this is going to be big today with the board of governors. So let's get somebody on to talk about sports. Well, okay. Here, let's let's kind of take this in sections if we can for a second, okay? Let's take, first of all, the grant of rights. The grant of rights was a document that was signed by all the institutions in really 2013. And you have to remember the landscape to which the document was signed. The University of Maryland left the ACC. Why? Because the University of Maryland was broke. Yep. Okay? 
uh, and the University of Maryland needed cash influx in a way that wasn't going to be possible given the current landscape, so the Big Ten was looking to expand. It was rumored in 2011 that North Carolina, Georgia Tech, and Virginia were potential expansion candidates at the Big Ten. Nobody ever got that story, though, because it didn't last very long. It lasted about 72 hours. If you listen to Holden Thorpe do an interview with Joe Ovius and Joe Giglio in Raleigh, he speaks to the fact that the reason North Carolina really didn't move off of it was because of the concern of the UNC Board of Governors about the, you know, what would NC State do, right? So that leads you to the back end of this, which is, I tell you that story to tell you this is the pre-call to essentially what you're getting to today. Um, and, and let me go back to Florida State for a brief moment just to say that Florida State's in some financial strain, too. That's why they're looking to make money in so much financial strain that the university is now going to – and by the way, Florida State is already the most university-subsidized athletic department in the ACC. And, and you know, and I, and I can tell you, athletic. I can tell you this from my uh, from my days on the board of governors. You know, you, they can, in the state of Florida, they can transfer money from the general Correct. fund in a university to the athletic department. And that's, you, you're that's not allowed what, to do that in North Carolina, right? And Florida is also seeking outside interest, hedge funds, capital venture, whatever you want to call it, private equity, to fund their athletic department. Right. You say, well, how, how does Florida State get into this situation? Well, just remember, they're still paying Willie Taggart not to coach football anymore. Yeah. Okay. $18 million was the walk-off money on Willie Taggart. So when you when you get to those kind of situations, and now Florida State is using the grant of rights as this, well, we can't get out from underneath it. And part of the reason, as I've understood in my travels and my talks with people, is, is that they're not particularly happy that UCF has gone into the Big 12 and is not terribly far behind Florida State as it relates in terms of media rights, okay? They see the SEC as this um, paradise, if you will. They see the Big Ten as this paradise. Um, where they're going to end up or where they're going to go, I don't know. Where the University of North Carolina wants to go, if in fact they want to go anywhere, I don't know. I think the University of North Carolina and Clemson and schools of that nature, their personal preference is to find a way to stay in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Henry, to be honest, I, I think that's but you know, the, but but I mean, I I, I I was talking to um, some folks uh, that are big Chapel Hill folks. In fact, probably folks you know, you and I both know, who told me a year ago that the difference in the TV money between the Big Ten and the ACC. I think the Big Ten's getting over ninety million a year now. Per school, correct. Per school, and the uh, ACC's like down there around thirty six, thirty seven million. That is correct. And, yeah. I mean, and, of course, when you look at those numbers, you're like, good Lord. And then you look at a team like we have here in Greenville, ECU's getting $7 million, which is another right. point I'm going to make here in a minute. But, but you know, it's if it's gotten to that much of a disparity and you've got a, you've got a program like UNC Chapel Hill, which is one of the most storied programs in the country, certainly for basketball, mm-hmm. although this is more about football than basketball, but still it's the name. And, um, you know, they're, they would be attractive to the Big Ten. I mean, of course it makes sense to do that. Now, all, all of us purists who grew up and, you know, uh, sure. been, been around the ACC for all these years uh, don't want to see 
you know, we, w- w- the truth of the matter is we'd all like to see it go back to nine teams or seven teams like it used to be when uh, when your dad and Jim Thacker were calling the games on the C.D. Chesley Network. But, but that ain't going to happen. So, I mean, let's, yeah. let's be honest. It is, it is what it is, and it is about money. And so, I mean, we are on the precipice of seeing the ACC fall apart, are we not? I don't know that we're immediately going to watch the ACC fall apart. I think you you have to go some here. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of unknown to this. I mean, th- we're very quick, and there's some people in sports who are very quick to go put a flag down and say, well, this is, you know, this is where this is going to go. I, I think you have to understand that there, there are a few things about this. I think there's a bigger picture here that people aren't addressing. And the bigger picture of why the money is so important is the fact that we're structured in college athletics in an entirely different way than we were five years ago, let alone 10 years. And we're actually funding student athletes, personal accounts, yeah. paying them, right? We're now doing that. We didn't do that five years ago. We didn't have the transfer portal. We didn't have the re-recruiting of rosters. And I'm not just talking about football and basketball. I'm talking about every sport. I mean, you guys are – East Carolina's got one of the best baseball programs in the country. Now. Ask the baseball coaches about how re-recruiting in the transfer portal works. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. And right, so, so, so I, I, we don't have the leadership. At the, Mark Emmert, who was the president of the NCAA for 10 years, Henry. Disaster. Should be in jail, should be in jail <laughs> for as bad as he was. Is that bad? I agree with you. Uh, Wes Durham on the telephone with us. You know, here's the, here's the other thing I want to say about this meeting today in Raleigh. Okay. Um, th- this is about making sure that NC State is taken care of if Carolina gets the offer. Don't you agree? Well, sure. And it's also about the possibility that, it, I mean, look, I, I think that's the right thing to do. Um, look, these two schools – are invested with one another across the board. Look, and I know the rivalry in athletics, and look, I did the football game this year, and I got called everything but a child of God by both fan bases. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I understand I understand the pragmatic nature of this. I don't know the interim, uh, the interim chancellor at North Carolina now that Kevin Guskowitz is leaving to go to Michigan State. I have spoken with Dr. Woodson, the chancellor at NC State, on a couple of occasions. I saw him in the airport, uh, you know, five days, seven days ago when I was up there last week for a couple of games. And so, I, look, I think he's he's been on the NCAA's Division One Council of Presidents. I mean, he is a highly thought of administrator. But the UNC Board of Governors to take this initiative shows that, yeah, they want to do everything they can to keep State and Carolina together. And I get it. And I don't know what the I can't go through the the whereases and the what fors of what's going to happen today in Raleigh, and the composition of that board is important, as you said earlier uh, before I came on with you. I, I think that's part of it, but at the same time, too, I, I don't know that Carolina is turning the corner to go anywhere tomorrow. I don't know that anybody in the ACC is because, you know, Florida State just approximated uh, in their in their last uh, YouTube uh, open meeting that. $572 million would be the get-out price. Well, I know 130 of it would be due immediately. Yeah. The rest of it might have to be set up in some sort of payment plan. But nonetheless, they would also be surrendering. This is the other part about the grant of rights people don't understand. 
Florida State would not be able to play on television without the ACC being paid first, no matter what league they went to hmm. through the end of that deal. That's part of that. That's what the grant well, I mean, that's what is. that's what Florida State's suing for, though, right? They, I mean, they, they, they yeah, they want to find an out. But Henry, the reality of it is this: for the last year and change, had there been an out, people would have found it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. their lawyers are that yeah. good. Right? There's, I mean, there's so much money at stake here. I hear you. Let, let me complicate yeah. it further. And, and uh, okay. our, our Board of Governors, uh, we have Board of Governors members that listen to this program. They're probably not listening this morning because they're in well, Raleigh. Their unless, heart. unless they're yeah. listening on online this morning. If they are, good morning to you. But I'll complicate it further. The breakup of the ACC, you know, the, the Board of Governors represents all 16 universities sure. in the state of North Carolina, including ECU, App State, UNC Charlotte. The breakup of the ACC would be a positive thing for schools like ECU, and so you know I, I don't. Uh, if all of a sudden Carolina and NC State were to leave the ACC, mm-hmm. it would leave schools like Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Boston College, um, even Duke. What's Duke going to do? Sure. Duke's not going to the Big Ten. They don't want their football. Well, there, there's some people. There's some people nationally who say that Duke and Carolina are tied more together than Carolina. Well, you know, State. you can you can make that argument. That's for sure. Although sure. Duke's not the, the the taxpayers don't own Duke, and the Board of Governors have no purview over Duke. Sure. So right. that's the other thing. But I mean, uh, I just hope the Board of Governors look at the whole system and don't make this just about NC State and 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 Carolina. Oh, I- Look, I think it's I think it's a really important piece, you know, from what I know about political landscape in the state of North Carolina. And I, as you can imagine, I try not to dip my toe in that very much because I grew up under the creed of the man that told me nobody cares who you vote for, nobody cares where they go to where you go to church. They just want to know the score in the down the distance. Um, <laughs> I, was that your dad? Um, I think he told me the same thing one time, by the way, when he was (laughs) absolutely all creeds. Listen, man, Uh, you know, and so I I would I would offer you this. I think that I would caution anybody on drastic change at this juncture because of two things. Number one, there is no overarching leadership at the National Collegiate Athletic Association level. We have politicians. We have the Commonwealth, former governor of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, trying to get every student athlete thirty thousand dollars. To quote a friend of mine, Tony Barnhart, "Well, isn't that just precious? I mean, that's just lovely." <laughs> um, you know, the other thing we don't also have is I don't think people understand that this wheel that we've been on for conference realignment, Henry and Patrick, could also spin again in about six years. Mm. because that's when the first of the other three league television contracts is going to expire. Yeah. That was something that was being held over the head of the ACC yeah. in that the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big 12 were all going to have their TV contracts expire. Little did we know at the time that the Pac-12 was just going to expire, period. Yeah. And, and now what you're also facing is, I, I would caution people on this, look at the money than the way television packages are going to be produced. I mean, you saw last night on, on ACC Network and ESPN2, they released the 2024 football schedule. Well, that football schedule has any – I mean, we used to have like 13 games in a weekend, right? right let, let, me, let me warn you, I'm up against a hard break in 30 seconds. Right. Keep going, keep going. But, but I would say this, be careful now because in five or six years we're going to go through this wheel of television realignment again 
based on the packages that are renegotiated. Yeah. So any move that is made in the next 60 to 90 days is likely to change in the yeah. next five to six, maybe seven years. All right, great stuff there from West Durham this morning. Thanks to Jim Zoki. Thanks to Pilk. Tomorrow at 1 with the video, 5 o'clock on the radio site. Good Texas night, everybody. Roadhouse in Greenville is the home of legendary food and legendary service. Start your meal off with a cactus blossom, fried pickles, or their famous rattlesnake bites. Then get ready for the main event, including legendary.